Hey, Natalia, how are you? Hi, I'm really good. How are you? I'm great, thank you. So happy to have you on finally and to share both of your birth stories. Thanks so much for having me. It's so exciting and kind of um, scary at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So cool. Uh, So before we get started, um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? So who is your family, where you live Uh. and do for work? Oh, I'm not sure if you just heard it, but my baby just burped very loudly. I'm not sure if it's going to be on the recording, but I apologize. (laughs) Um, So my name is Natalia. Um, I live in Brisbane. Um, In my family, there's myself, uh, my husband, Jason. I've got a two and a half year old daughter, uh, Maya, and I have a four week old baby, Kai, um, a little son. So beautiful. So you've got your little newborn with you right now. <laughs> yes, he's sleeping on me, his favorite place to sleep. <laughs> so good. And um, let's talk about Maya first. Was she a planned pregnancy? Yes, she was definitely planned um, to the point that um, at the end of 2016, we went to um, for a trip to India and Nepal. And I remember we were visiting all the different temples, um, getting all the blessings, and they were always telling us to uh, make a wish um, and that it would come true. And my wish um, on that trip Um, at every single temple was to fall pregnant in 2017 yeah so I was definitely ready Um, and then beginning of 2017 we uh, were looking to buy a house and we found one and then pretty much um, like the second half of the year we were settled in our new place and ready to start trying oh beautiful and how long was that conception time for you So it took about four or five months for us Um, and um, yeah and it is actually a funny story because we got to the end of the year um, and and we were going on a Christmas cruise um, um, with some family and friends and I remember um, getting my period just before that cruise and thinking that was my last chance. I'm not pregnant. My prayers were not, you know, they did not come true. They were not listened. And, um, yeah, and I was kind of like a little bit gutted. Um, and, yeah, we went on a cruise and then New Year's came and um, early January, actually, I I just felt a little bit weird and um, decided to take a pregnancy test and sure enough, I was pregnant. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. And how did you feel at that time? Um, well, like pregnancy symptoms-wise, um, I was feeling a bit off and my boobs were a little bit sore, so that's what gave it away. But, um, but yeah, I was super happy to be pregnant. We were very, very excited. So, yeah, it was a very nice surprise. Beautiful. And how long had you and Jason been together before you got pregnant? Um, we got together when we were very young. We were 19 um, and it must have been 13 or 14 years of being together after we, when we finally decided that 
we're ready for babies. Um, yeah, so just a short story behind that. Um, I was born in Poland and then um, I moved to New Zealand when I was 18. Um, I lived there for nine years um, and then, yeah, met my husband there. We um, used to travel quite a bit. And then we decided to move to Brisbane because my whole family decided to move to Brisbane as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we took our time just living life and traveling and, um, you know, moved countries, had to get settled in, in a new country and stuff like that. So um, yeah, so it took us well, a while, but um, but it was nice to have that long time together as well. I really, really like looking back now, really appreciate all the memories that we had, just the two of us. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I'm, I was the same with Croydon. We were together for like, yeah, 13 or something. Yeah. And we decided, okay, we're ready and we've experienced traveling. And yes. Life. And it's so nice because then you're like, you're super ready. You're like, okay, I'm yes. ready. <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I feel and life is so different now and I kind of don't really have any you know um like FOMO or anything like I don't really regret not traveling now not that we can right now anyway but I don't regret like not having that party lifestyle um, and that freedom because I I just feel like I've kind of done it all and now it's like the next stage that I'm really enjoying yeah. so yeah Beautiful. And who did you go with as your care provider with Maya? So I did go with um, just a public system, public hospital. In Brisbane? In Brisbane, yes. Um, and um, I guess how it all unfolded was um, I didn't really know um, of any other options. I knew about a bit. But the problem was that um, when I found out I was pregnant at the beginning of January, I actually was already pregnant for six weeks, a month longer than I thought. I initially thought that I was, um, that I got pregnant on the Christmas cruise, but it mm -hmm. turned out later that I was actually um, pregnant um, for a whole month, um, a, a whole month longer than to what I thought. And um, basically, I went to the GP straight away. Um, she sent through a referral to the hospital um, to, um, you know, for a place for me to birth. And, yeah, by the time it was all done and I had my first visit at the hospital, the birthing centre was already all booked out. Um, mm. I also didn't have any options when it comes to, um, like, the midwifery program as well because they have, they're like little groups in the hospital. I can't remember what those options are called now. But basically, um, by the time I was seen by anybody at the hospital, the only option um, I had was a shared um, care with a GP. So all my, well, most of my appointments were actually through my, just a family GP and not even a midwife. Mm, I see. Okay. And did you, like at that stage, did you do much research into pregnancy and birth at that time? Well, I, I thought I did. Um, we already had lots of friends that had babies. Um, and to be perfectly honest, um, you know, I had a lot of advice, but everyone um, that was talking to me had a hospital birth. Um, the books I, I was given were um what to expect um 
when expecting or up the duff which is a really funny book but to be perfectly honest now knowing what i know those books um they don't really educate you enough on your options and choices that you have to make in pregnancy and birth um and it's something i didn't realize at the time so i did some reading mm -hmm. um i spoke to a lot of friends but it was always like a very one-sided um kind of mainstream advice that I was being given and that I was reading. So, um, yeah, so I just kind of didn't realize that, that, you know, I really wasn't educating myself enough at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And how were you feeling during that time? So like that nine months you were pregnant. So I had a really, really good pregnancy. Um, I never had any nausea, uh, morning sickness or anything like that. Just a little bit tired in the first trimester. Mm -hmm. But basically that was it. Um, so like the way I was feeling, it was great. I love being pregnant. Um, the only thing uh, was that I had a, um, a bit of a complication in my pregnancy um, and that's what actually um, got me to find out that I was pregnant for longer than I thought. So earlier on in my pregnancy, um, I, um, I had a bleeding and I thought that I was miscarrying. miscarrying. Mm -hmm. And we went to the emergency department to get checked out. And um, yeah, it turned out that I had a subchorionic um, hematoma, which is like a blood clot in the uterus. Mm -hmm. Um, so a little bit of blood sitting there and yeah, it started coming out, um, at the emergency department turned out that the baby's absolutely fine. And this is when, um, the lady told me that, that, um, um, the baby looks like, you know, they're already seven, eight weeks. Um, and I thought I was just newly pregnant, like maybe four, three, four weeks. So that was yeah. a big surprise. Um, and that's when I actually realized that my uh, my prayers for pregnancy were actually answered and I did get pregnant in November. Aww. So um, so that was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, um, so having the subchorionic hematoma wasn't the nicest. Um, just because I um, joined a fa like a Facebook support group, there were a lot of horror stories about, um, you know, from women having the same condition and some of them going into labor prematurely um, and things like that. So, um, so even though physically I was feeling really well, mentally I was kind of, um, you know, very worried. Um, it's my first pregnancy. Um, you know, I thought that there's a big possibility that I might lose that pregnancy. Um, but, um, but eventually it all ended up um like resolving itself by the time I was 20 weeks oh good oh that would have been yeah <laughs> made you feel so much better then yeah not a nice feeling but then now knowing what I know as well um you know we just focus so much on like the worst case scenario whereas I think even statistically once I started seeing um like a private obstetrician um specializing in fetal medicine he was just not concerned at all. He said that, um, you know, over 90% of cases of that um, blood clots are absolutely harmless. And um, 
but yeah, I guess being the first time mum, you just can't stop worrying until, you know, it was totally gone. So yeah, so um, if I ever had that again, I think I would have a different attitude. I would just, you know, stay positive and try not to think about it. But it's hard when you're a first time mum and you have like any sort of complication, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. And did you find out the gender of Maya? Yeah, so so that's um, another funny story. I always wanted to have surprise babies um, and yeah. that was always the plan. But just because of that complication and us thinking that, you know, there's a possibility that we might lose that pregnancy, we wanted to know. Um, I don't know why. We just kind of wanted to, like, connect to the baby and in case of anything happened, we just wanted to know. Um, whether it was a little boy or a little girl and um, yeah so purely just because of that we um, decided to find out and um, yeah and I think at 12 weeks they already told us that um, it was a little girl Um, and I always wanted a girl for my first for some reason so so it actually made me even more desperate and wanting not to lose that pregnancy because I just really wanted that little girl beautiful and how many weeks were you when you went to labor with Maya so I was overdue I got to 40 weeks and eight days with my first pregnancy same as me oh awesome (laughs) it's so cool and how did it start your labor well so I was going through the hospital system I was already overdue and I already started hearing voices um (laughs) at my appointments telling me that um you know there's increased um risks um being overdue and blah 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 so um so the way it started I start to I I tried to induce the um, labor naturally I had about five acupuncture appointments and did all the things you can do at home Um, and now looking back I was getting very close because um, when I showed up at the hospital I was two centimeters dilated and I already had a bloody show but I already had an induction date um, scheduled in and I just went through with it. Um, and even though I was so close, I went into my induction without any um, contractions or like the labor hasn't started yet, fully, fully started yet. Yeah. And um, yeah, and already having that date scheduled in and, you know, being told that there's increased risks and stuff like that I decided to go ahead with my induction so um so my labor ended up being induced okay and then so were you eight days over yeah when you yes when you yeah and I um yeah I will always wonder um you know how much longer it would have taken for my body to naturally go into labor like I feel now that I was so close but yeah, but yeah, I will never know. Yeah. Oh, wow. And when you went into hospital, so what's the first step they do for an induction? So the plan was to for an induction to either um, have a gel or have the balloon put into my um, cervix to, to get things going. But 
when I showed up, I was already two centimeters dilated um, and my cervix was already really soft um, and kind of ready. So it turned out that I didn't have to have any of those things done. Um, so what they decided to do was to break my waters, to kickstart things um, and then hook me up um, to um, a syntocinin, so the artificial hormone to get the contractions going. Yeah. And how long did it start until, yeah, those contractions? So it didn't take long at all. Um, They broke my waters, hooked me up, and um, I pretty much just started contracting straight away. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and I guess now we're getting into my birth story. So, um, yeah, so something I didn't realize I wasn't told about and I didn't research was um, how intense my labor got very quickly. Um, So Mm. basically, yeah, as soon as they broke my waters within half an hour, I had massive contractions and literally um, no breaks in between. Um, It was just super intense and super overwhelming right from the start. Mm Mm-hmm. And was Jason, like, quite a good support? Was he the only one there or did you have your mum? No, I only had my husband there. Um, And, um, yeah, I can't really tell. Like, I can't say that he was a great support, to be honest. Um, He didn't really educate himself on anything. um, And I guess it took him by surprise how intense it got super early on. Um, so yeah, so, so I guess it was a bit, um, a bit of a shock for him and, you know, he just didn't really know what to do and how to help me. Um, we did, when I was pregnant, we did like an active labor course, which, um, was very helpful. It just gave you all the techniques to, um, cope with pain and distract yourself from it um and that's what I was what what I was trying to do at the beginning like I got into the shower and I remember um they gave me like a little chair and I was just tapping my hand on that chair splashing the water from the shower and trying to focus on the splashes and the sound of tapping instead of the you know intensity Mm. of the contractions um, so yes, I remember implementing some of the techniques that we learned in that, um, that course. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, after like an hour and a half of doing that and my contractions, when they were asking me about the pain level, I was like telling them eight, nine straight away. Um, I had like oh. a minute break in between contractions. So like hardly anything at all. And that was like right at the beginning, um, yeah, so it just got, it all got like a bit too much for me. And, um, you know, also added enough. And I just remember reading somewhere that um, the dilation, the average um, time that it takes is like one hour for every one centimeter, which now I know it's like absolutely rubbish and it can vary so much. Yeah. But that's all I had in my head at that time. And after an hour and a half, I was just, all I could think of, think of was, I was two centimeters an hour and a half ago. If I'm going to be doing this for seven, eight hours, I'm just literally going to die. Like, I'm not going to be able to cope with this pain for so long. 
I did ask um, the midwife to get me checked after an hour and a half because I thought that maybe that was going to, you know, encourage me if I actually did dilate a bit more. But they refused to Mm -hmm. check me um, this early on again. And, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. and eventually... Eventually, I ended up um, asking for an epidural. I just didn't with that that pain for that long, um, and yeah, and that's what happened. And how did it like feel after you got it? Was it just like a bit of a relief? Yeah, it like... was definitely a massive relief. Um, and yeah, I was able to because I was induced like late at night. It was like eleven o'clock at night. Um, I was able to go back to sleep and have a bit of a rest. So it was definitely um, a nice relief. And, um, yeah, everything slowed down. Um, Yeah, but now, again, looking back, um, you know, I know that it wasn't the best decision just because um, the labour has slowed down. Um, and then, mm. um, later on when it came down to, um, pushing when I was 10 centimeters dilated, um, I do believe that it's the epidural, um, that, um, caused some complications. So basically, um, once I was ready to push, my contractions have stopped completely. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and, and obviously with no contractions, my, um, Pushing wasn't going very well because I had no help and I had epidural, so I couldn't feel anything. Um, so they quickly um, turned up the syntocin again, trying to kickstart the contractions again. And yeah, and it was all like such hard work. After an hour and a half of pushing, I wasn't getting anywhere. And um, and yeah, and then the the heart rate of the baby started dropping, and all those things started happening. And all of a sudden, it was an emergency. Um, the midwife pushed the emergency button, and I'm just lying there wow. and looking at all these people coming in all of a sudden. And basically, um, it ended up being a vacuum birth. I had an episiotomy, which they that's what they usually do with the vacuum. And yeah, and then uh, my daughter was you know, pulled out with the help of a vacuum. And what time was that? How, how long so my labour was exactly food? 12 hours. So I was induced around 11pm and then she was born just after 11am the next day. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I think given the fact that it was, um, that I had an epidural which slows things down, it was still a fairly quick um, labour Um but yeah, um, yeah, I'm not too sure. So yeah, eleven o'clock she was born, and yeah. You feeling at that time? Were you quite exhausted, or were you feeling oh, just so much? Oh, happy? to be honest, I was just totally overwhelmed. Like um, seeing all these people in the room. Um, you know, I was, even though, um, well, I thought I educated myself, but now I know that I didn't. I always wanted a natural labor um, without any interventions, and um, and that's not what I got. Like, I wasn't planning on taking epidural. It just happened to be that way. And, um, yeah, and it was all a bit of a shock. Like, at one point, I just remember lying there and, like, counting the people that were in the room, and I think I counted, like, 12 people or something 
and that's definitely not mm. um not something that i have ever expected or imagined that i would be just like in the middle of this room on this bed lying without any clothes on with 12 people there um and you know and and them like pulling out my baby out of me like it's definitely not um something that I expected. So, so I have to say like as happy as I was that my daughter was out and safe. Um, and, um, yeah, and I had her in my arms. It was definitely a very, very overwhelming experience. Was your husband, um, Jason, do you think he was a little traumatized like by seeing just all these people? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, and I definitely know that because um, when we had friends asking us about our labor after, um, he he got to see everything. I don't know why, but he chose to stand on the <laughs> on the um, on the end of the bed where you can see everything. And you know, I guess seeing the vacuum and seeing someone, you know, doing an episiotomy on your wife and stuff like that, it 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 just can't be a nice experience. So. Um, yeah, so when we were telling others about our birth experience, um, there were a couple of times that he actually um, felt physically sick, like he had to leave the room and um, kind of stop hearing about it because he felt like throwing up. Yeah, so not, not a very good sign of, you know, how, how our labor went. And how did you feel postpartum, like with recovery from Um, So um, that part actually wasn't too bad. I was very pleasantly surprised with um, how nicely and quickly it all healed up. Um, I guess the only problem I had was um, with an epidural, you have to have a catheter um, because obviously you can't stand up and get go to the bathroom. So... So um, with that, I had some issues. Um, there was some sort of misunderstanding. They kept on um, taking the catheter out and then putting it back in um, post-birth, um, which apparently they were not supposed to do. I had one of the nurses come at one point and apologize and told me that someone did something wrong. But anyway, what it caused um, for me was... Um, I wasn't able to feel my bladder and I had problems emptying it. So, um, yeah, so that wasn't very good because obviously they wanted to keep me um, at the hospital for a bit longer until I can still, like, I can feel my bladder again and can go and pee, um, you know, normally again because um, not emptying properly and having your bladder full is quite dangerous. Um, you know, you can get, like, a kidney infection or something like that. So... So that's definitely something that I wasn't aware of either, that um, having an epidural, you have to have that catheter and um, it might cause some issues with going to the bathroom um, after your birth, um, which now I hear is actually quite common for, um, for an epidural experience. Oh, wow. And how long did you have to stay there for So the I hospital? stayed for a couple of nights um, and that was purely to that problem that I had due to that problem. Um, they did want me to stay for a little bit longer, but um, I decided to discharge myself. Um, and yeah, the reason being was that um, I was in a public system. My husband was not allowed to stay with me at the hospital. Um, 
I had a baby that didn't want to sleep even straight after they were born. So I remember being up all night trying to settle the baby um, without any help at all. Um, and yeah, I was just exhausted. Um, none of the midwives were helping me taking the baby so that I can get some sleep. So after two nights of, you know, maybe sleeping like a couple of hours all up, um, I just couldn't do it anymore. So I decided to discharge myself, go home and, and yeah, and, and get some help from my husband so that I can actually sleep. Yeah. So important once you give birth to a baby because you're still recovering from oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely well. and um yeah you're exhausted um you know you have a baby to look after and with no help it was just it was just not a nice experience and um and I know that you know not everyone has such a bad experience but I don't know if I was just very unlucky or what but um I just felt like I was the only one on the ward that had a baby that just didn't want to sleep. She was screaming. That mm. was making me very stressed because I was very, you know, conscious of other mamas, you know, just giving birth and wanting to sleep. And my baby. Oh, because in a ward um, or did you have your own so room? So it was a shared room. The first night there wasn't anyone else in it. But the second night there was a lady after a C-section there. Um, and also, you know, there were lots of other rooms around and, um, and, you know, at night it's so quiet, you can hear everything what's happening in the other rooms as well. So I'm sure that my baby was, um, my daughter was keeping everybody awake. That was making me even more stressed. Um, was so you had to go home. To yeah. Go in the home. public system, your partner is not allowed to stay the night. Mm. Wow. Oh, oh it was terrible. horrible. And I was just amazed that the midwives were like popping in, but they were not offering to take the baby for a walk or hold the baby for a bit so that you can sleep or anything. You know, they just kind of left me to myself and and that was it. Yeah, Amazing. so it wow. wasn't great. And I actually forgot to... Um, Ed during my birth, um, I didn't have the best experience with the midwives either. And I absolutely don't want to like, you know, trash like hospital midwives or anything like that, because I know that there's some amazing ones that um, I've met myself that my friends have had for their births. Um, but yeah, I had three different midwives throughout my labor. Um, just so happened that the shifts were changing um, three times throughout my labor. And oh. I have to say that I can't remember um, the face of a single one of those midwives. Um, and it's because they were just, I just remember them sitting at their desk writing notes on the computer. Um, so they always had their back to me. And um, yeah, and, and I thought afterwards as well, I just, um, I had a student midwife and I remember briefing um like my birth experience with her after um after my daughter was born and and I remember saying to her I was like how is it that the midwives like are at the desk the whole time you can't even see their faces instead of helping you and like coaching you through labor they're just 
you know, busy with the paperwork and checking your blood pressure every half an hour. And yeah, and the student midwife um, was telling me, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. That's how the system is. They keep putting, you know, more and more, um, um, I don't know, checks and um, demands on those midwives, um, things that they have to do, the paperwork they have to fill in. And this is what's, you know, what's causing this problem like instead of being with the birthing mama they're just um busy doing admin stuff which is absolutely ridiculous yeah and how did you experience the student yeah so she was very very lovely and um yeah one of my friends recommended um having a student midwife and i think it's a wonderful idea just because with the um Mm. public system in australia you don't have the continuity of care so you see a different midwife or a doctor at every single appointment and check up at the hospital so it's nice to have a familiar face that comes to your appointments that is familiar with your pregnancy history uh, that knows your preferences Um, so that was great Um, although I have to say she didn't really help with the labor itself just because she didn't get there. She usually, well, they usually say not to call them until you're like seven, eight centimeters dilated. And at that point, for me, it yeah. was too late to give me any sort of help. Like I was two centimeters when I was induced. This is when I really needed someone to push me through that initial, you know, overwhelming um, experience of very intense contractions from the start and once I had the epidural you know there wasn't really anything that I needed I was already you know on pain relief I was calm I was just lying there and resting so um, you know I feel like the point where I really needed someone the most was straight after I was induced to kind of prepare me for the intensity and maybe give me some sort of um, different positions techniques or encouragement to keep going instead of just you know giving in and taking that epidural yeah yeah so important so important but I'm now really excited to yeah compare this first birth Maya's birth with your second birth which was only yes four weeks ago ago. yeah (laughs) so can you tell us was Kai a planned yes so again he was very much a planned pregnancy um um yeah we definitely wanted um another baby and um I actually started getting a baby fever quite early on I think my daughter was um maybe around one and I already got in my head that I want to have another baby and um and we did start trying i um oh no i did have my period back by then but i didn't know when i was ovulating because my period was still all over the place it was still very irregular um um like some months it would be long some months it would be like two days so i was like i just have no idea when i'm ovulating and we tried maybe for a couple of months um, and then I ended up um, going to see a homeopath and um, I wanted some advice about like um, some supplements I can take to get my body ready for another pregnancy. And, and yeah, she started talking to me about why I wanted another baby so soon after the first one and that, you know, I'm, I was still um, and, and I am still breastfeeding my first daughter. 
Um, so I wanted to do that extended um, breastfeeding. Um, and yeah, and she pretty much just kind of told me to just give myself time, give my body time and that it will happen. And and um, and she really got me thinking as well because, um, you know, the, the question she asked, she was like, why do you want another baby now? And I started thinking about it and I was like, mm-hmm. to be honest, it's just purely selfish reasons. It's just because I want a newborn again, you know. It's not that... Um, my my daughter needs a sibling just yet. She still very much needed us. It's not that, you know, I have some sort of time pressures or anything. Like I just purely selfishly want a baby for myself. And, and that got me thinking, hmm, you know, maybe it's not the like right reasons. And yeah, maybe I should just give myself some time instead of like being fixated on the idea of having another baby. And, um, yeah, and then um, when my daughter was um, 20 months um, and she started, like, speaking a lot more, um, she started being a lot more independent. Just one day, me and my husband started, um, because, obviously, between one year and 20 months, we just kind of gave up on the idea of even trying. Um, We just kind of let um, let that go. And yeah, and around twelve mu- twenty months, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking one one day, and we were um, saying how you know how amazing how you can um, communicate with our daughter so well. Now she understands so much. Um, things are much easier. Um, and um, yeah, and that, that's when it kind of clicked. Oh, seems like now it's the perfect time to to have another baby. Um, have them still you know close enough so mm-hmm. that they play together, but then. Um, you know, we felt like our daughter was, um, yeah, big enough to like tell us what she needs and, um, and all those things. So, yeah, so we started trying again. Um, and this time I took an ovulation test because again, my periods were still very irregular and all over the place. And, um, yeah, and on our first try, we managed to get pregnant. Amazing. Was that last yes, year? Yes, so it was in May last year. Last. Yeah, so um, like I guess you still consider it a COVID baby, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. And yeah, so obviously um, this time around you, you know, you know, you knew that you wanted to do things a bit differently um, when you found out you were pregnant did you start doing a bit of research on who would you yeah so actually my research into my second pregnancy started straight after my first birth so obviously I wasn't Ah. happy with the way things went um, with my first birth Um, it's a very common scenario and it's a phrase that I hear all the time is I felt like you know things happened to me, it's not like I had any say or a choice in 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 what happened to me. I, I wasn't educated enough. No one told me the um, consequences of an induction of an epidural, um, and um, yeah, and everything just kind of unfolded, kind of without me being aware of any of it. So, um, so I definitely wanted things to be a lot different um, and on my terms with my, 
with my second pregnancy and my second birth. Um, and um, yeah, interestingly enough, um, after my first birth, I, I somehow met a few um, mamas that had a home birth. Um, and the amazing thing to me was listening to their birth stories and how wonderful they were, how they were always describing them as, you know, um, spiritual and transformational and life-changing and so positive. Um, and um, at that point, I was already signed up for like a few local mum mums groups. And um, I remember at those groups, there would be like 12 mums and um, of course, labor was always a hot topic. So everyone was always sharing their stories. And, and literally the sad thing was that every single one of those stories was always horrible, traumatic, either C-section or interventions or postpartum hemorrhage or some sort of complications or even treatment at the hospital. There were the way that women were spoken to, um, like those ladies were just not happy with, with their births. And then after meeting some home birthing mamas, I just, I just started wondering what is it about home birth that, you know, makes for such a nice experience and why is everyone so traumatized? Well, not everyone, because I know that there are very positive hospital births when, you know, mums educate themselves or have wonderful midwives and wonderful support. Um, so yeah, again, I don't want to trash the hospitals and they're very much needed and it's a very, a very good option. But, um, but my experience was that the home birthing stories were totally different from um, the hospital experiences. Mm. So you, before you even pretty much conceived. Yes. Like, so I always kept it on the back birth? of my mind. Um, I was always very inspired by those mums and especially first time mums like yourself, um, you know, deciding to, to have a home birth. Um, and, um, yeah. And then when I fell pregnant, that's when I actually started educating myself properly, reading um, all the books and research and um, yeah, and I found wonderful midwives that um, do home births. Um, yeah, started talking to my husband about it. We went to like initial meeting with the home birth midwives and yeah, pretty much very quickly we made up our minds and decided that this is the, the way we want to do it this time. Amazing. That's so cool. And I saw that you yes. did hypnobirthing. Um, I did time. hypnobirthing and it was absolutely amazing. And now I recommend to all of my friends and everyone that I speak to who's pregnant. And I really, really um, wish I have done it um, with my first pregnancy because, um, yeah, hypnobirthing is amazing not just for the techniques to cope with labor and the pain and, and um, yeah, get through and have a, like a nice positive labor experience, but just even if you want to educate yourself and know your options, um, learn about the impact of all the interventions that um, you might have in your labor. Um, yeah, hypnobirthing educates you on all of this. Um, it is great for partners to know how to support you through labor as well. So, 
yeah, hypnobirthing is absolutely, absolutely amazing. That's awesome. Yes, definitely. He definitely felt <laughs> a lot more prepared the second time around. Yeah. So good. And um, this one, you yeah. Didn't find so out, this did time, you, um, I had a perfect, perfect pregnancy. Again, physically, I felt amazing. Um, to be honest, I'm just one of those few people that I even feel better pregnant than when I'm not pregnant. It's just the hormones that I'm getting. Um, I love, um, yeah. I love having a belly. I love how my body looks pregnant. I just feel even more confident than I do. Yeah. When I'm not pregnant, which is weird because you know, you're a little bit rounder and bigger, but I just absolutely love being pregnant. Um, and yeah, this time around, I haven't had, um, I didn't get the subperioning hematoma. Um, so I didn't have anything to worry about. And physically, again, I, um, I've gone through two pregnancies and I haven't even had a day of being nauseous or feeling sick or anything. So, um, yeah, I just love being pregnant. <laughs> And did you have any fears during this? No. So after reading um, a few books um, and really, really educating myself, doing the hypnobirthing, um, I really had no concerns at all. I also had, I knew that I had wonderful midwives that have attended so many home births. Um, I looked at their statistics, um, transfer rates to hospitals and, um, yeah, when you look at all the data, um, I know that there's a misconception out there that home births are quite risky. Um, but really, when you look at the statistic, when you look at the numbers, um, when you look at rates of intervention and cesareans, it's really the safest option you can possibly go for. Um, and people just don't even realize that. Yeah. So true. And I saw that you did a lot of beautiful birth prep for your home birth. So I set up my pool pool in my bedroom, um, in my, you know, safe and relaxing space, close to the bathroom and the shower, um, close to my bed. And yeah, and um, I just wanted to make everything super special. So I decorated my space with beautiful fairy lights. I had a, the most amazing mother's blessing. <laughs> um, and um, it was absolutely wonderful. And I thank you so much for being there for me. And, um, yeah, and I had amazing crystals that I got given um, by my close friends. I felt so supported and I had a, the most amazing, beautiful um, birthing space. And, yeah, and I just wanted to make everything perfect. That's so amazing. And looks like you, yeah, put a lot of effort and thought into that. And I'm sure you went into that room, you know, in the days leading up to the birth, just visualizing. Did you have any, you know, visualization yeah, of how your birth I would did. go? So I did. Like, so any- I – always imagined that um, my second birth um, was going to take a while. For some reason, I was mentally preparing myself to, again, 
go overdue and this time around obviously I didn't have any fear around being past my due date I knew that it's just an estimation and 42 weeks of pregnancy is how long the pregnancy is it's not 40 weeks it's 42 weeks that you should be you know considering as your um like an end mm. date um to your pregnancy um and even going past that is not always um you know a bad thing so um yes yeah, so i was mentally preparing myself to be overdue and um and be totally at peace with it um i was preparing myself for a longer labor um and i always envisioned um just because i I had all these crystals and I did the hypnobirthing. I always um, envisioned myself having, um, well, playing my hypnobirthing tracks, um, my birthing playlist with my favorite music, um, looking at the beautiful crystals I got given. Also, I had like lots of messages of support that I was planning on reading um, while I was laboring and um, yeah, and just, was planning to just to just go within myself and really focus and kind of you know not think about anything on the outside and that was that was always what I had in my head um yeah beautiful and how did it start for you how many weeks um, were you when you started um, so going to labor? I ended up being 39 weeks and five days, so two days before my due date. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, didn't, no. I thought you were over for some reason, like, over. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I'm so it was, yeah, it was <laughs> Sunday morning, very early morning, well, at night time, and my due date was on a Tuesday. So, so I was very, very surprised that wow. it actually happened before my due date rather than after it. So, yeah, big surprise. Can you? T- yeah, of course. Can you tell us um, now about your birth yeah, story? Yeah, so um, in a nutshell, my, my birth was totally the opposite of what I was um, envisioning um, um, when I was thinking about my second labor. So it was a very, very fast um, um, labor. Um, So basically I woke up at around three in the morning um, just needing to go to the bathroom. Um, And I've already woken up like probably like five times that night to go pee. and um, yeah, but this time I do remember thinking that um, the contractions were getting a little like my Brexton Hicks. Um, I thought at the time were getting quite, quite a bit stronger. I think I woke up twice during the night just because like the pain was a little bit stronger, but it would just go away straight away and I would fall asleep, um, um, fall asleep again. And yeah, but at three in the morning, I woke up again and for some reason... And that's probably too much information, but I actually had to go to the bathroom to empty my bowels. And um, and that's kind of what got me mm-hmm. thinking that it's very strange that it's the middle of the night and I need to go to the bathroom. And, and I remember reading that, um, you know, before labor, it's very common that you um, have to empty your bowels and get your body prepped for, for upcoming labor. So I thought... Um, yeah, um, maybe, you know, maybe something's yes. happening. 
Um, and after going to the bathroom, I just went to the lounge, sat down on my um, birthing ball or whatever it's called, the gym ball or uh, exercising ball. And I remember bouncing and I just wanted to, to see, um, you know, what's going to happen next. And um, I had um, like cramping for about a week at that point. I was quite uncomfortable, but, you know, very normal for towards the end of your pregnancy. So I didn't think much of it. And again, I thought it was just some Braxton Hicks that are just ramping up a bit more and getting my body ready for, for labor. So I was sitting on that ball and, um, and the only thing that started annoying me was um, there was a mess in the lounge, um, um, some bags um, of like some business items um, that um, a customer dropped off the night before and we just left it by the front door because it was already late by the time they dropped it off. And I remember thinking, oh, if I go into labor, all my midwives, I had a photographer, they're all going to be tripping over this. I, you know, I really need this gone just in case everyone, like I go into labor and everyone's going to start arriving soon. And um, so I woke up my husband at 3.30 in the morning, so half an hour after I woke up and I told him to move the bags to the spare bedroom. And yeah, so I said, I think something might be happening, happening, but um, most likely it's just, you know, false labor, Braxton Hicks, and we're just going to go back to sleep soon. Um, So he moved the bags, um, but at that point, um, yeah, yeah, I just noticed that, like, my pains were a bit more frequent and a little bit stronger. And just the whole time, I was still in denial thinking that it's Braxton Hicks, um, or maybe that is just a, um, yeah, just a practice labor and it's all going to go away soon. But at some point I downloaded um, a contraction app and started uh, measuring those surges that I was having. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even prep myself <laughs> like before then. I just oh, downloaded it as I was sitting on the ball and like feeling those weird pains. And the funny thing was that after three surges that I put into the app, I noticed that um, they come roughly every three minutes and they last a minute long. And then the app after three of them popped up um, with a message telling me that it's time to go to the hospital. Yeah, and um, and I giggled a little bit because I was like, surely (laughs) that can't be it. And I showed it to my husband. And, you know, even getting the message um, about going to the hospital was quite funny since I was having a home birth as well. Um, so that's when we started considering, oh, should we yeah. let our midwives know? Um, should we let the photographer know? And the photographer, um, she had to have um, quite a, like she wanted as much notice as possible because she had to um, find arrangements for her young kids um, so that she could, you know, come and be present at our, at our birth. So um, my husband ended up calling her um, Mm -hmm. and I just texted my midwife and told her that I was having mild contractions. And, um, yeah, and we just left it at that. Um, I decided to have a shower, wanted to wash my hair um, in case something happens. Um, But I was kind of still thinking that, you know, it's either going to stop and it's just like a a quick practice run or – 
or it's going to take hours and hours. So, you know, so I wasn't rushing and, um, yeah, I still wanted to wash my hair, dry it, straighten it and, you know, get myself ready. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and as soon as yeah, I yeah. – um, um, well, just before I went into the shower, I had a bloody show. Um, and then in the shower, my um, surges mm-hmm. really ramped up and I really had to like stop and kind of focus um, during them. And I wasn't able to, you know, do anything, wash myself or wash my hair anymore. Um, Did that feel so at that point it wasn't that bad yet like I had to stop what I was doing and really concentrate but it wasn't as intense as my um as my induction just yet um and yeah and for some reason I still still was thinking the whole time it's just the beginning just you know take it slow relax and um yeah, but after the shower, I wasn't able to dry my hair or straighten it or anything. I um, I already, when I was in the shower, um, told my husband to start filling up the pool. And, um, yeah, and then um, after the shower, um, I was looking at my husband um, pumping up the pool, filling it up, and that's when my, con- my surges really, really um, became very very powerful and that was the kind of pain I had um when I was induced and um and I just remember just rushing my husband telling him to hurry up and get the pool ready um and um yeah and at that point the pain was quite intense um and I remember thinking to myself um you know you're doing everything wrong Natalia you're tensing up your body you're not breathing properly Um, and, you know, and all I could remember from my hypnobirthing, it was relax your face, relax your shoulders, just breathe in and, you know, take those deep breaths and I just wasn't able to do it. Um, Every every surge I remember tensing up, like standing even on my toes and just just really tensing my whole body against the Mm -hmm. kitchen sink and, um, Yeah, and just remember thinking to myself, you're doing it all wrong. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. What are you doing? But I just couldn't help it. And then another (laughs) funny thing is that I already had the urge to push as well. And and that was very strange as well. I was like, oh, how is it even possible? Like I literally just got up like not long ago. Now, um, you know, now I'm already like feeling like I want to push and I couldn't even help it or stop that urge or anything and then oh, no so it was still wow. filling and, up and then the, the next thing I see is my photographer um, arriving and um, at that point it must have been yeah like probably so I got up at three yeah. Um, yeah. woke up my husband in 3 30 and it must have been around 4 30 when the photographer um, showed up felt like it's just all gone so quick like you know getting the app um you know debating whether we should be informing uh, a birthing team that anything's happening and then finally contacting them having a shower and then all of a sudden uh, my photographer shows up and she's the one that's telling us you guys are gonna have a baby very soon and um 
Yeah. <laughs> and we oh were still in shock, still in disbelief. Um, I just remember apologizing to her um, because I was already a mess. Like I just thought I was doing everything wrong. I remember there was blood everywhere in the bathroom. And I just remember saying to her, Emma, I'm so sorry. You only just showed up and there's already like, it's already, everything's already a mess. I said, I'm not coping. Um, look at the floor. Look at this bathroom. And I was just like, just embarrassed. I'm like, this is literally just the beginning. And <laughs> it's already like a mess. Everything's just out of control. <laughs> And um, yeah, and she started um, helping my yeah, husband yeah. with the pool, filling it up quickly. And then just a moment later, she tells me to get on all fours on the floor, which I did. And then all of a sudden, my waters broke, mm -hmm. exploded everywhere. And it, was, it felt like a nice relief from the pressure. And um, yeah, and that was that kind of amazed yeah. me as well. Um, you know, oh my gosh, my water's broke. I'm actually in labor. And then next thing she's saying is, um, if you want to birth that baby in the pool, you have to get in there right now. And um, yeah, so my husband um, helped me wow. up, um, put me in the pool. I, I have no idea how I've done it because um, all I could feel is that urge to push and um and then literally three surges later I had my baby so the first surge um the head was out um the second surge they the arms were out and the third one um you know the rest of my son slipped out and um yeah and I ended up just instinctively catching him in the water and putting him up to my chest and um, yeah, I have a photo um, that my photographer took. It's just a complete shock and amazement, like on my face. Like, like it's just such a perfect photo showing that, like, I still couldn't believe myself that I actually just have given birth. Wow. Yes. And at that point, of course, you didn't know. The yeah. Gender. So as soon as um, I caught him, I could see in the water away, um, his little bits. And yeah, and I could see that it was a boy. And I said to my husband, it's a boy. And um, yeah, and it was a, a nice surprise. We didn't have any expectations about um, the gender. Um, we would have been happy with another girl. But, um, but, yeah, it just felt so perfect at the time that, you know, yay, we have a boy now. And, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. So it was just before five. And so what it time was, was that when you Yeah, moved? within two hours of me waking up and within an hour and a half of waking up my husband. Yes. And yes. she was there for yeah. almost half an hour just before you birthed and at least she could help. Yeah, with Jason, yeah. It just like, wasn't filling up quickly enough, and obviously, so sure, if you like, want to have yeah. a water birth, you know, you need the right temperature for the baby to be nice and comfortable, and you know, the water has to cover, um, you, cover you up to you know your chest so that um, you know the baby slips out, um, you know, nicely and safely. So, yeah. So it was a bit of a mission towards the end, but we got there, <laughs> and. 
Yeah, and so I was still feeling in shock when you yeah birthed. And believe that it all took two hours. Um, I was definitely, you know, amazed and and very happy that I had my baby. And um, yeah, I just it just took me it took me a while to actually register that it's all yeah. over. That you know that um, yeah that my baby was already there that it took no time at all and um, and it just it's still four weeks after that it feels so surreal because it just kind of feels like the whole labor was just us like having to make those decisions about contacting people having a shower filling up the pool we just literally had no time to actually focus on the fact that we actually you know we actually laboring <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you know, so different to what I envisioned. I was really looking forward to um, listening to my hypnobirthing tracks and um, listening to my music and um, just kind of going within, uh, smelling the essential oils that I had ready. And there was no time for any of that. So, um, but I guess I have to add that the nice thing was that I was able to do it all after my son was born because it still took an hour and a half for my placenta to be um to be um to come out so this is when i still had um pretty powerful surges um they were definitely not as intense as you know the the last part of birthing um birthing my son but um they were still quite strong and i still had to breathe through them and concentrate and this is when when my this is when um when the midwives showed up they showed up 15 minutes after my son was born this is when um, they um, started massaging me, putting pressure on my um, acupressure points to relieve the pain of the surges. This is when they um, start, started putting cold um, compressors on myself um, to cool me down in the pool. And this is, oh, I started like getting some nice herbal teas to sip on. And this is where, you know, my peaceful tranquil labor came into play and I was able to just sit with my baby in the pool relax get through the surges and feel like very loved and um supported I love that how magical and your photos are just absolutely divine I can't wait to yeah post those and amazing work from Emma um, but yeah, we're running out of time, but I wanted to know, um, yeah, how, how would you give advice to those new mums that maybe haven't given birth? Yeah, so, or, yeah, um, what would you say you know, to any mums out there? If anything, general, I think my example, which is a very common story, just teaches, I guess, new mums to really do their research, really think about um, your choices um, and what choices you have and what consequences those choices have. Um, I do deeply believe that it's the cascade of interventions, the, um, the induction and the epidural, which caused some complications with pushing and then the um, vacuum delivery and... Um, yeah, so I, so I really, I would really um, recommend for everyone to really educate themselves. Hypnobirthing is perfect for that. Um, 
and yeah and it will really empower you and you know if you educate yourself and still feel like an elective c-section is what you would like to do what makes you feel safe that's absolutely fine but if when you truly understand what's going to happen to you during your birth during your c-section or natural birth um what um complications might arise and what they might mean to your labor like this is what really makes you feel empowered and ready for um you know for this great experience that will stay with you for the rest of your life absolutely it's such like a huge day and such a special event so yeah i'm so glad that you got the birth that you you know really worked hard for and, Thank you. Um, <laughs> so so amazing. So proud of you, and and it's cool that you're inspiring others now. Like yeah, I really hope so. And that's and, exactly what um, opened my yeah, eyes. This meeting your... some mums like yourself that had a home birth, that had a wonderful experience, that had a wonderful recovery after their birth, and. Um, you know, and, and they kind of let um, their bodies and their babies do what they, they are supposed to and designed to do. And that's, um, that's what really, you know, changed the way I think and um, inspired me. So I'm hoping that, you know, that my example and my story might change someone's mind and inspire them as well. And that way, you know, they can have a wonderful um, birth experience too. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. I'm really yeah, honoured to have you on and um, hopefully you're enjoying your amazing newborn bubble. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for having me and for listening to my story. And one thing I didn't mention <laughs> listening to your podcast was also a massive help. Um, I absolutely loved um, yeah, listening to every single story as different um, as they are and everyone had different experiences. It is so empowering and so eye-opening as well, listening to what others have been through. So absolutely love your podcast, Fatima. And yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that you're doing. Thank you, Fatima. Thank you so much. I talk appreciate to you soon. It. Bye. I will talk to you soon.